welcome to the British History Podcast. If you love British history, then you are definitely in the right place. My name is Philippa and I will be taking you through British history, the people, the events, the intrigue. Some of the stories you may think you know, but you don't know them in the way I tell them. And then hopefully I will also be able to introduce you to something new too. Now this podcast is free and it always will be. But if you would like more History Lover benefits, then please consider coming and joining me over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash British History. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Back. We're back for Thursday Tea Time Live after having the summer off. I say we. I know that's me, so thank you very much for joining me again. Thank you for those joining me live on YouTube, on IGTV, and for those watching back later or listening on the podcast. Um, So it's been quite a summer. It's been lovely. I've been sharing things still um, on on YouTube, on IGTV, on Facebook, so hopefully you've been able to check out a little bit follow me on some of the places that I've been to um, and uh, yeah so it, I went to well, basically I spent a month camping which um, I'm quite proud of myself um, and it was lovely it's lovely just to be outside and I'm really feeling hemmed in not least today because um, hi joining from India hi welcome um, yeah not least because I um, it's really hot today really really muggy it is like summer's decided to to join us in September which has gone horribly wrong and if any of you are in the UK you might have seen a massive fire yesterday well that was in my town so we're supposed to keep all the windows shut yeah so uh, anyway but it's been great so I have been to um, I just want to check if you are watching on YouTube can you give me a comment to say hello <laughs> so that I can check that you can uh, you can hear me on IGTV as well please do comment wave or I don't know is it double tap and I get a heart that would be lovely let me know you're there and you're listening um, and it's all cool hold on bear with me one second right that should be fine so um also back on clubhouse so i'll tell you a little bit about what we've been talking about on clubhouse and what we've got coming up um janice a tremendous thunderstorm last night yes i think we had it here uh hiya olivia um and i slept through it (laughs) which is very unusual uh apparently um morning victoria welcome from the us um yes so thank you so much everyone for joining me back again i think it's been about no, 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 five or six weeks has it? Um, it's been nice. Hi, uh, Stephen in Berlin. It's been it's been nice to have that time, obviously, um, but it's lovely to be back with you as well. Where I was, um, I, I, I went camping on in a place called Exmoor, which is on it's in the southwest of England in a county called Somerset, but right on the border with Devon. And on the north coast of the southwest, if you like, um, and it's it's really beautiful. It's really ancient landscape. So, so if you've been following me on um, on Instagram and, and and Facebook, then you may have seen um, I shared some photos of um, a Indian Indian 
So it's because you're joining me from India. Got you on the brain. Uh, an Iron Age fort, which wasn't a fort actually. It's um, it's a what do they call it? It's a settlement, um, a fortified, a defended settlement. That's I think that's the technical term. And um, went exploring there. That's listed as well. So I don't know if if you're aware, but obviously we have buildings that are listed all over the place, um, and things like Stonehenge. But actually, even some of these places that are practically earthworks also are listed. Um, so I went and had a look at some of them. An Iron Age fortlet. I've never heard of a fortlet before. So I imagine that's just the 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 term for a mini fort. Hi everyone, welcome. Thank you for joining me, those who've just joined. So Thursday Tea Time Live History Chat or History Chat Live is back. Um, I'm back from my holidays. I was just saying that I've, I was doing, I did a, a month in a tent. I'm very proud of myself, but it was in just the most beautiful part um, of, of the country with loads of history around. So that's just the ancient history around. Um, you may also have seen that I shared some pictures of a place called Cleve Abbey, which if you're in my patron, you've now got access to a virtual tour of, of the Abbey. What's really fascinating about this Abbey, one, it's beautiful, but a lot, I mean, they all are, even the ones that are in complete ruin have, have that energy, that, that beauty about them. Um, but lots of the abbeys that we still have remnants of, we have the church, you know, because it was either became a parish church or a cathedral. So, you, you know, you have Worcester Cathedral, Peterborough Cathedral, Westminster Abbey, places like that. Um, or somewhere like uh, Waltham Abbey, which is the parish church. Tewkesbury Abbey is a parish church. Um, but you don't have anything or much left of the, um, the, the, the rest of the abbey, or the buildings where the monks would have worked and, and um, slept and, and ate and stuff. But at Cleve, it's the opposite way around. There's nothing other than the footprint left of the church, but really quite a lot left of the rest of the Abbey precinct. So you have a gatehouse, which you, you might recognise, I think it's quite well photographed. A gatehouse that was, um, hmm. so this Abbey was suppressed in 1536. It was one of the first ones to be suppressed because it had an income of less than 200 pounds a year. And that was how they, um, they sort it. Of, hi, hi Colleen, thank you for joining me on YouTube. Thank you, nice to see you. Um, so yeah, so the lesser monasteries, these ones that earned less than £200 a year, were the first to be suppressed because it wasn't a foregone conclusion that all abbeys and um, monastic houses were going to be totally wiped out. Um, so yeah, so Cleve Abbey was one of the first in 1536, but the abbot there, um, a Dovel, Devel, Dovel, I don't know how you'd pronounce it actually, D-O-V-E-L. He, uh, he was the abbot and uh, I don't know if he was the abbot at the exact time of suppression but just he, he had been in the in the run-up to it and he ha had works done so the gatehouse had been um, had been renovated and upgraded and other bits had been upgraded and then um, yeah and then uh, and then nothing but like I say so the church itself there's only the footprint, although there is a bit of 
13th century flooring still there, all the tiles still there, um, which is quite incredible. It's all open to the elements, but it seems to be doing fine. Oh, and the sacristy. So the room off the, the I don't know which wing of the church, but the room off where they would have kept the, the cups, the vestments, the candles, everything like that. That is incredibly complete, along with um, the decoration on the ceiling, uh, in the piscina, which is where they would have the wash basin effectively, uh, cupboards, obviously without the doors on, but you can see that there were cupboards, the flooring still there. It's just an incredible place. That's just the beginning, because the cloister, although you don't have the covered walkway, um, is, but it's still in a square. You still have the, the four sides. You have the uh, 13th century refectory. So refectory is where the monks ate. You have the floor of that still there. They've built a building around it to protect it. And the tiles in the floor are um, full of heraldry as well. So benefactors and the king at the time, etc. Um, but there, there's the the the... The next refectory there's two basically um so you have that there's wall paintings everywhere there's the chapter house with its decoration and the, i don't know possibly my favorite part is the dormitory so it's first floor and it's it's a massive space where the monks would have slept and there's a door that would have been their night door that took them down in directly into into the church and there's a day door that took them onto the cloister. Um, and so you can see the door from either side, um, obviously from, from outside where the church was and and obviously from inside. And there's there's it's just a big open space now, which is what it would have been like right back when the abbey was founded in the, in the end of the 13th century. Um, I think it was right at the end, something like 1298 or 1290, 90 something anyway, right at the end. And the monks didn't have privacy or anything, you know, they, they, they didn't, I don't think they separated anything out, and, but that came later, they did do that. And what you can see is evidence where individual monks have tried to make their space a bit more their own. So they might have decorated the windowsill with some tiles or um, done some kind of paintwork um, at, on the kind of around the window where they had it's brilliant and then the other thing is they had an ensuite toilet block I, I thought that was incredible incredible and perfectly logical of course um you know the, the, the hygiene factor but off directly off not even they didn't have to change floor this this toilet block was off the end of the dormitory with running water underneath to so it's basically like a normal garderobe. Imagine a Roman toilet where everyone sat next to each other, although there were only ever 28 monks here at any one time, so I reckon privacy was not too much of an issue. Um, and then, yeah, the stream had been diverted, so it was underneath and it would just wash the waste away. How very practical. So I just love that place. So yeah, if you're in my Patreon, you have access now to a virtual tour of that, um, where I show you even more um, and, and go into a bit more detail of the of the um, history of it. So that was all very fun. And um, where else did I go while we were right? I just went and found lots of things. There's a folly near Dunster Castle, if anyone knows Dunster. Went and actually found that. 
um, anyway, so that was all that was all good. So I, I wasn't idle, that's for sure. Um, but I was some days, but not all the time. Uh, so that was cool. I was reading a lot. I know a lot of you like book recommendations. Um, this is the one I took with me, and you can see why I took it took it with me for a holiday read because it's 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 a it's a big book. It's about Queen Anne uh, by Anne Somerset. Um, it's very telling. I know a lot of you are Tudor fans and probably think, me, I don't know, I don't know about reading about Queen Anne. But I tell you what, here is the bridge between sort of Tudor and now and the beginning of party politics, which we're all, we all have to deal with right now and um, the Catholic Protestant issues going on. Of course, Anne is on the throne because she's um, Protestant and her, her brother, her legitimate brother is barred from the throne after her, her father's deposed and her sister and her brother-in-law take over. Ah, and we're in a war because we want to poke our noses into the succession in, in Spain. We spend huge amounts of money. We pay for the Allied troops, not even our own troops. Honestly, it's very, very interesting. So, so, so don't write it off. You might, might decide you like that. But I do have two Tudory ones for you. Um, one is a book, one is not a book. You might have seen, um, I shared this. I've shared both actually on my Instagram on my Instagram, on my Instagram. Um, oh, I only, uh, Olivia, you're going to Dunstan next week. Are you dressing up there? Olivia dresses up um, in Tudor costume. It's, uh, Dunstan is, is, is yeah, it's, it's a fabulous castle. Just the, the setting as well, because Dunstan Castle is set, um, th there was a, sorry, there was a Norman castle there to begin with. So you've got the Mott and Bailey set up so it's right on top of a hill you've got the Mott and Bailey set up the current castle is actually located in the Bailey and the Mott has um, a Victorian reservoir in it which fed the water to the current castle when there was big expansion work there in the Victorian times. Um, Victoria, Queen Anne had such an interesting story I don't know if I'd been able to explore the landscapes with that book hanging around yeah, well, yes, and I'm almost finished. No, I've done quite well. I still do have a bit to go. Um, the The only issue I have, and it might be a personal one, is the no <laughs> and it's necessary, <laughs> uh, is the number of names and their then their political title, their, so their positions, and I find it a little bit hard to to um, sort of um, uh, keep track of. Um, Olivia, purely leisure excited to explore oh you oh well you'll you'll love it you will love it um so anyway yes yeah, so green that was green hand um now my friend deb royal who's tudor times has sent me this book of days that she has a queen elizabeth one um just come out and a mary queen of scots one ah jen's got the mary queen of scots one they're fabulous let me show you she's not paying me but she has sent me this one for free I'll say that um but uh it, it's got it's really really good she, it's taken her a while she said but um it is so good I mean it's got it's got I suppose mini blogs if you like you know things about so here the origin of the book of hours um of books of hours should I say a bit about Elizabeth and then it it it, it it's like your ultimate diary so it's um 
what do they call it, a perpetual diary. So it's not tied to any particular year. Um, but each month you've got a list of events which happened in this one in to do with Elizabeth's life or people that were close to Elizabeth. Um, and in the Mary one, obviously, to do with Mary. And it, they're, they're in per day as well. It's perfect for someone like me when I'm trying to do stuff. Um, and each month has another kind of, I'm going to call them blog. That, sorry, Deb, they're not, <laughs> not a blog or such article. And then and one about a place as well. So, that I mean, they are so cool. Because it, it's perpetual as well. You know, you're supposed to now not forget anyone's birthdays if you have one of these. I think I probably still will. The other one I've got is um, <laughs> Olivia, her dream diary. It's called, so it's called Queen Elizabeth's, uh, Queen Elizabeth I Book of Days and it's from Tudor Times. If you go to tudortimes.com then you can order them directly there and I think if you are um, in America or Australia you have something that I can't dispense, dis oh you tell me and I'll tell you, book something where you all get your books from. Mm, you tell me. Um, the other day I was listening to, I was catching up on um, Gareth Russell's Single Malt History podcast and he was interviewing Leander Delisle and Leander spoke on um, one of our tours a few ye uh, years ago and um, exclusive, I've now booked her for a tour next year as well. <clears throat> and depository, book depository. Thank you, everybody. Yes, bookdepository.com. Um, I think you can get them through there as well. Um, so Gareth had, has, and I've, I did put a link on my Instagram story um, to the podcast, but look it up. That It's titled um, The Nine Days Queen, but actually they talk about a lot more and one of the things that Gareth and Leander were talking about was the way in which the succession excuse me, the succession from Elizabeth to James James VI of Scotland who obviously became James I of England that succession is always sort of um, treated as if it was a foregone conclusion the logical path um, and that he was pretty much the only candidate uh, and that isn't that isn't technically or even remotely correct. <laughs> so um, this book is Leander's book about uh, the death of Elizabeth and the succession to James. So I ordered this because I want to know more about it. Um, the other, um, the other actually linked to this sort of topic uh, that I've been thing that I've been doing is. I interviewed Dr. Kat, Kat Marchant, who's got the Reading the Past um, uh, channel on YouTube, and she's also um, one of my partners in crime on Clubhouse. And I interviewed her, we were talking about Arbella Stewart. So she's linked to this, because Arbella Stewart was in, the, in line for the, the throne of England. Um, so we talked about Arbella Stewart. We, th that interview will go live in my uh, Patreon in October. Ah, Rebecca, hi. Hi, Michael. Thank you for joining on YouTube. Um, hi, everyone joining on, on Instagram as well. Thank you, for, thank you for being with me today. I did have a great holiday. Thank you, Michael. Yes, it was fabulous. Um, uh, oh, Michael, I had six people hung in my family. Two after the Battle of Boyne, two after Sedgemoor, plus two others when Cromwell came to Ireland. I hope it's not my turn next. <laughs> 
Well, um, no comment on the emergency powers. Uh-uh-uh. I don't really see the point of knowing history if you're not going to apply it, but there you are. Uh, and it, as in, yeah, recognise when it's happening again. So I was, into, I was talking to Kat, yes, about, um, about Arbella Stewart. So like I said, that interview will go live in the patrons uh, in October, 14th of October, I think. Um, and I'm go, what I will do, <laughs> because I find it quite complicated, and I'm hoping I'm not on my own here, it's not just me, uh, is I will do one of my family tree diagrams for Arbella um, so that you can see just how um, close she was. I mean, she was actually a first cousin to uh, James the Sixth of Scotland, first of England, because she was the daughter of Charles Stuart, who was the brother of Henry... Uh, Dar uh, yeah, Darnley, Lord Darnley. Uh, I never think of him as Henry. <laughs> uh, so Mary Queen of Scots was her aunt by marriage. Um, Mary knew her um, as a girl. And one of her, uh, Arbella's grandmothers, was Bess of Hardwick. One, one of the two. And she spent a lot of time um, at, uh, at Bess of Hardwick's uh, place in Derbyshire and got a, she got a very good education. She spoke seven languages. Hmm. Sounds like someone was prepping her, no? That included, by, by the way, Greek, Hebrew and Latin, as well as the Euro other European, well, European languages. Hmm. And my, my queen bee, and I have a bee ring. It all goes together. Um, anyway, so that will be good. That was really fun. Now, cat has appeared in my life not just once this week but twice. Any of you who joined us on Clubhouse last night, we were talking about Anne Askew, um, the life uh, life torture, I was going to say trial, she didn't have a trial, life uh, torture and execution of Anne Askew, um, which is a really, um, really, really interesting topic. Um, we got into all sorts of things. Now, Anne Askew is the is the woman. I'm not going to go into it majorly here, but she was the woman who was. Um, thanks, Jem. Jem really enjoyed it last night. It was a good discussion. When we go over an hour, we know that we've we know that we've, <laughs> we've got into something in in we've got our teeth into it, haven't we? I'll tell you what's coming up next week in a minute as well, everybody, in case you can join us. Um, so yeah, so Anne Askew is the lady famous or infamous. You don't want to be famous for this, for being racked uh, in the Tower of London. <clears throat> and she was racked illegally. Um, I mean, no one. It shouldn't be really legal to have racked anyone, should it? Um, oh, yes, it, yes, you did. Sorry, I'm so bad with people's um, uh, Instagram handles because I can't read them all I can't work out exactly who's who but thank you yes it was a room suggestion and another one that I think you made we've got coming up as well um uh what was I saying oh yes so but it was illegal to rack a woman now Anne was effectively she was a preacher I think I mean I don't know if she was I don't know what you have to do to be technically a preacher but she used to preach in public that um and she, she, anyway, she, she was she was very um, clear on her views um, and they were views that were seen as heretical at the time. 
Oh, Michael says, did I know the fleur de lis was derived from the symbol for the bee? I didn't. Oh, there you go. Exciting. Um, that's interesting. Um, so, yes, yeah, so sorry, so she, she was she was racked. And she was racked illegally. And the, uh, the lieutenant of the tower, um, how do you say his name? Knivet? Kyvet? Knivet? There's a K and N, a Y and E and a double T. Uh, he... He did strap Anne to the rack on the orders of um, Richard Rich and I think it was Bishop Gardner. I can't remember who the other one was. Um, yeah, I think it was. Um, but he refused to actually rack her. What he, he, he went as far as to, um, to give her a fright. He was kind of, okay, I can cope with that idea. But when he was ordered to actually rack her, he refused. And Richard Rich and uh, Gardner racked her themselves. And they racked her so... <laughs> I don't think there's a mild form of racking, but they, um, they, 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 destroyed, um, they destroyed her body, basically. So when she was taken for um, to be burnt at the stake at Smithfield, um, she had to be carried in a chair and she had to be... Attached, uh, tied to the stake uh, on a chair. I don't really know why she had to be tied there. She wasn't going to be able to walk off, was she? But anyway, um, horrendous, horrible, horrible. But we did, we talked about her, her life, um, maybe her motivations, how she may... Uh, we got into quite a discussion about how how could it be possible that she didn't either confess and or scream blue murder when she's on the rack because it took in supposedly her own account but I, i'm not i'm not sure because i've not looked at the primary stuff myself um the she talks about remaining quiet um so we got into all the discussions about that so the one thing that we didn't mention last night that um was that i mentioned the lieutenant of the tower who wasn't happy he wouldn't rack her himself um went to henry apparently and and reported it and said I'm I'm not happy about this and Henry wasn't particularly happy about it either but uh, we didn't get on to talking about that last night but anyway that was Anne so that was Clubhouse last night in History After Dark oh I feel like I'm going to sneeze I'll try not to um, and on uh, <laughs> I'll show Michael's message I don't know why it wants to uh, Wants to hide it. Was Richard Rich as big a scumbag as he seems? Yes. Is the short answer. Yeah. I think he was quite an evil uh, piece of work. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, that was Clubhouse last night. Clubhouse on Sunday, I was back with Sarah Morris and Deb Royal, who's Tudor Times. And Sarah Morris is the Tudor Travel Guide. And we were talking about... Um, <laughs> we were talking about where we've been. So I've already told you where I've been, so I won't repeat it. But Sarah's been all over the shop as well. Um, and uh, so anyway, she's got lots on her Instagram, so check her out on the Tudor Travel Guide. Um, Rebecca says, if her research is correct, Richard Rich is one of her, her husband's ancestors, but her husband is the total opposite of Rich. Well, that is good news, Rebecca. Yes. Otherwise I'd be saying, get out the door. Nasty piece talking about a nasty piece of work next week's history after dark uh room so history after dark for any of you who don't know is our kind of let let the 
Cat mm, always describes it as we get a bit spicy, the language gets a bit fruity, and you don't want to be listening to it if you're either eating or, you ha or you're at work. Well, no, you can listen to it if you're at work, but maybe not have us on speaker, and uh, not with little children around, because um, we don't sort of, we don't put the brakes on, on our history after dark room. Uh, and next week we're talking about uh, Edward VI and how he was showing very clear signs of being as tyrannical, worse, not really far, I don't know, well anyway we're going to talk about him, he's spicy and fruity, Clean says, yes it is, spicy and fruity, like a good, I don't know what, meal, drink. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically we're going to talk about Edward VI and was he, was he on the way to being just the most horrendous king we could have possibly imagined, even worse than Henry. Um, there's lots of evidence to, to, for, for, uh, for that. So that's going to be next week. Friday, if you're around, uh, our history half hour, which won't be half an hour, it never is now, is going to be dedicated to Elizabeth I because it was her birthday this week. Um, Tuesday was the anniversary of her, her birth at Greenwich Palace. Um, and of course, we all know her mother and father were expecting a boy. So uh, her mother, obviously, you'll know is Anne Boleyn, her father, Henry VIII. Um, Henry VIII had been born at Greenwich. That's beside the point, really. <laughs> uh, the, all the letters had been pre-prepared, which might have been standard, I'm not sure. Spicy like a well-prepared curry dish. Yes, Victoria. Lovely. <laughs> um, yes, all the letters have been pre-prepared. Obviously, the jousts have been organised. They fully expected a boy because, of course, they look at what they'd gone through to be together, to be able to get married. Henry had convinced himself that his first marriage was against God and that the the fact that he only had a girl I know we can roll our eyes at the misogyny but but I think this was really, this was this was this was a real proper concern to Henry but he'd managed anyway to convince himself that his marriage to Catherine had um had, had been against God and so, so they hadn't had a boy so of course when Anne is pregnant, it has to be a boy, doesn't it? It has to be a boy because this is the this is the marriage that he was supposed to make, and then it's a girl, and of course we know what happens, but he doesn't, and the letters were changed, so it wrote instead of write, uh, reading Prince, added an S to read Princess, and the um, and the jousts were cancelled, and but of course we know that. Uh, Hi, Megan. Uh, we know that um, <laughs> we know that it was all. That, sorry, that Elizabeth. I mean, she's the reason I got into history. I know she's the reason that a lot of you did as well, um, Michael. It's the man who genetically determines the sex of the child. Indeed, it is. It is with their XY chromosomes, and us women only have the XX. So it is the man's that decides. Um, so uh, welcome, Sarah. I've just been telling. Um, Sarah's just joined us. I've just been telling everybody how you have been all over the shop all summer and how we were talking on Sunday about where we'd been and to have a look on your Instagram because you shared loads of uh, loads of pictures from where you've been 
Um, Cindy, don't just wish Henry could have seen how both his daughters went on to impact the world. Well, indeed, indeed. Um, oh, it's a big topic. Well, we'll be talking a lot about Elizabeth on Friday, obviously. Um, on the, uh, yeah, so much fun, uh, on, on our clubhouse room on Friday. So, and then on Sunday, uh, Sarah, uh, Deb and I will be back to uh, talking about travelling to the Britain and basically carrying on with talking about where we've been. So, I've told you where I've been uh, while I was away, but I, that, I didn't stop there because I've been back a week. Um, so yesterday I was at Harvington Hall. So again, if you have a look on my Instagram or Facebook, you'll see, oh, actually I've only shared um, one particular photo, uh, well, one uh, photos of one particular thing at the moment. Um, now I was there recording for my patron. That's gonna be a virtual tour for my patrons next month but I will share some photos. And Harvington Hall is a moated Tudor Manor house. It's got a history that goes um, a long way back, f further back than that. But, it, but it's quite, um, yeah, Tudory. <laughs> and it has seven priest hides because the Packingtons who lived there were a Catholic family during the Elizabethan, well, they were Catholic family, but during the Elizabethan era when, um, when everybody was, uh, sorry, when Catholics were starting to be more and more persecuted, um, <laughs> Sarah's video editing. <laughs> I'll try not to put you off, but yes, thank you. I will try and divert you from that task. It is a bit cumbersome. I was doing my Cleve Abbey editing yesterday morning and I just felt so tired after finishing it. Poor me. Um, uh, sorry, Rebecca, Friday's clubhouse is five o'clock London time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Harvington Hall. So the Packingtons lived there. They were Catholics. They were practising Catholics. Now, to hear Mass, you have to have a priest. Well, it was illegal to be a priest or harbour a priest. Um, so if you were a practising Catholic, you're going to be doing that as well. Um, and so they have, they have, at last count, seven priest hides there. Anyway, so that's why this hall is, is particularly famous. I'm including it in the Life and Times of Elizabeth I tour next year. I'm very excited about doing that and Elizabeth is actually going to be there as well. She's going to come and join us there, the fantastic Leslie Smith. Um, and I am desperate. I'm so looking forward to finding out what Leslie in costume as Elizabeth is going to make of Harvington Hall and its seven priest hides. And, and the big chapel. There was a, uh, so they, every house was allowed a small private chapel as long as the, um, I think you had to go to, to Church of England service four times a year or something like that. And, and the rules probably changed over time anyway. So they had that, that was, that's kind of the, oh yeah, here's our chapel, of course we've got one. And then there was a big one where they had services where people would have been able to come from the, the uh, local community as well and like you know that this is dangerous it's dangerous stuff um so I was there yesterday um after hours so when everyone had gone home I was able to to take a walk around um now it's supposed to be haunted but I have to say I'm either too noisy or I don't know <laughs> they never come and say hello to me which I am to be fair very very pleased about but, um, 
yeah so anyway if you're in my patreon you'll be able to see that next month and i will share some 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 photos sarah did i squeeze into one of the pre-styles i have done in the past i didn't yesterday because i was on my own and that probably would have been a very bad idea <laughs> in case i couldn't get out phil would be like where are you i'm here um there's the, my favorite priest hide mm, actually do i want to tell you where it is because i might put a photo on instagram later to see if you can work it out i might do that um very clever very very clever yes if you were fat sarah says it was tough you wouldn't be able to get in you wouldn't actually be able to physically get into some of them and then once you were in there it would have been very uncomfortable but um Probably the stress of just being a Catholic priest in Elizabethan England was enough to keep them quite slim. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, can't, who, what's, I can't remember the name of the architect of, the, uh, of a lot of these priest hides. He ended up in the Tower of London. Um, Michael, when did the Anglican High Church appear at its almost Catholic in its practices? When did it? Uh, see, I'm not a churchy person. So when it when it goes beyond the history of it, mm, I get a little bit. Mm, I don't know. I don't like it, it's 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 very nuanced, isn't it? You have so many different um, practices through time, and then different denominations and stuff. So I don't like to go there because I might make a mistake. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's Harvington. Tomorrow I am at Acton Court. Very much looking forward to that. They close for the season on Saturday, which Sarah pointed out to me. So I am hot-footing it down there tomorrow. Acton Court is going to be featured in a tour next year, one that I'm doing with Sarah. Well, we're hoping it is. Um, we really want to take people there because it is... Um, well, I haven't seen it before, so I'm I'm dying to go there. But it's, it was a stop on the 1535 Summer Progress of Anne and Henry, which is why... Um, we're going to be including it in, uh, hopefully including it in the On Progress tour next year with Sarah. So eee! can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Um, and then Sunday, I'm also off out to somewhere called Shore House. That I don't know much about yet, so that's why I'm going to find out. So it's been quite busy, and now I'm now I've told you all about what I've been doing. Now I know why I feel like I've been busy because <laughs> I have. <laughs> um, and I'd mentioned the tours a few times there, so they are. Basically, everyone, I've got lots of people who were supposed to come with me in 2020, come to uh, this year, but everything had to be cancelled again. So I've sorted all of those people out first and we just have three fantastic tours next year. But um, I've had to sort everyone out, everyone who obviously was already with me, they are assigned to a tour and then we'll be remain, releasing the remaining places um, next week. Oh exciting so look out for that they, they the itineraries are fab so if you uh, they're all tudor themed next year so we have um the Anne Boleyn tour the life and times of elizabeth I, and with sarah i'm really excited about this the on progress uh with Anne Boleyn tour and um, so just the three so rather exclusive next year i'm afraid but because of because of covid and because of getting back into everything i want to keep it a bit more simple and slow and we'll ramp up the year after um if everything you know well it's got to go back to normal sometime hasn't it please <laughs> please 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 right i'm going to leave you there i think today um check out my instagram for some of the photos of the places that i've been talking about um <laughs> rebecca so that you don't just sit at home all day eating bonbons <laughs> uh 
I'm actually on a diet, but we won't go into that. I'm a, I'm a jittery and I'm a jittery sugar. Um, yeah, what's the word when you when you come in, going cold turkey? <laughs> Which for me is not a yeah. Anyway, it's a big deal. Um, so join me next Thursday for Thursday Tea Time Live if you're around. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, yes, nice to see you too, Soledad uh, and Sarah. Oh, well, I'll be seeing Sarah um, virtually. And oh, well, Sarah, your podcast, we did, um, we recorded Sarah's podcast as well since I've been back. So that one's coming out soon. We're doing a focus on a different part of England. So we're getting people out of London virtually, I suppose. Um, and we've done one on Gloucestershire. So Sarah, I don't know what date that comes out, but so Sarah's next um, uh, traveling Tudor Britain. What do you call it? The Tudor Travel Guide. Mm, sorry Sarah I can't remember that your series uh, exact name but on the Tudor Travel Guide anyway that her podcast will be on um, <laughs> there soon <laughs> um, Pete has got his margaritas ready well I am going to go and um, open the windows even though I'm not supposed to because of the oh next weekend Sarah thank you uh, podcast is out next weekend yeah I'm, so I'm not supposed to open the windows because of this fire that's happened in my town um last night but oh my goodness could they have chosen a uh, a cooler day for that to happen the Tudor travel and history show that's Sarah's podcast sorry Sarah it had the, the exact title had slipped my mind sorry about that so yes join me next Thursday for Thursday Tea Time Live thank you everyone for joining me um check out Instagram and YouTube and blah 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 everything because I will be sharing um, photos of where I've been and take care have a great week everybody I'll see you all very soon bye bye everyone